Welcome back to the Ray Varsity Podcast. My name is Maverick Hart. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak Two Underscore Kid. This is my NPR voice. <laughs> that was your mumble mouth. <laughs> yeah, isn't NPR supposed to be like calm? It's like uh, that just gave me so much anxiety. I know. <laughs> uh, hello, welcome to Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name's Dave Rivero. You can find me on Twitter at D Underscore River Underscore O. Are we going? the opposite direction today no i just wanted to interject with my npr voice <laughs> I, I was have... gonna say that last night when i was studying for my orgo exam i was listening to bob ross and that was like the opposite of bob ross you're welcome thank you that it was actually like really really relaxing if in a very non-relaxing time if y'all do not watch bob ross on netflix you're, i don't know what you're doing with your life it's so relaxing and there's so only refreshing. two seasons on netflix but there's all like 25 on youtube yeah so, like, if you are fine with watching it on your computer instead of, like, in bed on your phone, YouTube is also a viable option. And then you can uh, drift off listening to Happy Little Trees. My name is Colby. <laughs> <laughs> I never even introduced myself, but you go. Well, I just kind of screwed everything up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. Kobe complains all one word. <laughs> I was so stressed out. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted me to go because you I moved away from the go. mic. <laughs> he wanted to interject. <laughs> well, I didn't. So here we are. Anyways, I'm Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Beautiful. Uh, no guest today. Oh, Sarah did a great job. Everyone was like, everyone was yeah. telling us that Sarah did a great job. So you did a great job, Sarah. She She's throws okay. it. I enjoy the hot takes <laughs> that she just casually throws out in the calmest voice. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, we had a lot of comments this week. It was good stuff. Yeah. About people getting shouted out or called out. As <laughs> <laughs> should we? Already, should we just go ahead and say hello just oh. to get over with? <laughs> hello, Maddie. Hello, Maddie. Hey, what's up, Maddie? Moving on. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. You got to bury it in the middle. You got to bury the lead so that she doesn't they actually listen. Listen to the first two minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> find the needle in the haystack. Say, hey, we, we mentioned you in this podcast, but you're going to have to find where we did it. <laughs> I'll, I'll get my hay in there somewhere. All right, y'all, you want to jump into it? Well, I didn't, wait, hold on. I didn't realize that that was kind of a joke. Was I was going to say, was that an A-Y hay or an E-Y hay? A needle in the haystack. I hate everything. <laughs> well, I meant that you said you're going to get your hay in there. Was that like hay, like needle in the haystack, or like hello hay? Also, because we were saying hello to yeah. Me. I know that's why I asked. Yeah, jokes. We're comedians, right? Ha 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 ha! Don't give me that look, Kobe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Carolina basketball has played two games since our last show. What? Two games. I only remember one. <laughs> uh, the first one was really just a barrage from 19 feet out from the other team. Yeah. Um, so let's start, let's start with the Clemson game first. Um, a valiant effort to battle back from two of the heels. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we lost. I do not remember the final score. I forgot to bring it up before. I started talking about it. We're bad at what we do. Um, we are not professional. I'm going to be honest. After that first half, I was really demoralized, and I was probably in more of a panic mode than I was after the second half. 
Because after that second half, I was like, okay, well, we have the, the potential. We have the ability. We just need to be able to we're, – we're just lacking consistency right now. And I don't know what needs to happen for us to fix that because looking like back at some of those games that we've played and looking forward towards – like looking at the pick game, like some of these threes that these other teams are making are not easy shots. No. Like some of these are like step back from like 25 feet, 30 feet. Hand in the jersey. Hand in the jersey, like straight up in the face, and they're just draining it. There was one, I think the most demoralizing one during the pit game before we like broke off a like 35 to 9 run or something was we played like 28 seconds of fantastic defense. 30 seconds of fantastic defense. Great defense. And he was like five steps out from the middle of the three point line. Steph Curry did. Michael Carr, I believe is his name. Swished it. But so it's that kind of stuff that's like, well, what are you going to do with yeah, that? Yeah, I feel like obviously we're angry because we're giving up a lot of threes, but there's only so much you can do defensively. And going back to the Clemson game, I had to score eighty-two to seventy-eight. Um, it was I honestly checked out after the under four timeout of the um, of the first half. I was like, if we come back, great, but I'm not going to get my hopes up because that's just a easy way to get really sad really quickly but i'm looking at the heat map the shot chart for the game and just both corners for clemson are just bright orange that's what help defense does it opens up the corner three yeah it's not even help defense in general is that every time somebody drives from the wing we help on the ball side corner every single time and that's going to leave that man wide open i was Listening to the Carolina Insider this week, that <clears throat> had David Noel on. Yes, it was fantastic. Who um, coaches at Southern Durham High School right now. And he said, what one thing did you do at Carolina that you never do with your team? And he said, help on the ball side corner yep. <laughs> with dribble penetration. Because, as he said, it's one of the easiest shots to make. It's one of the easiest passes to make, too, is what I said, mm-hmm. it too, I think. So It's frustrating. But... So, it's frustrating, but I feel like if we were on the other side, I would rather give up a three like that because they're not going to make every one of them than give up an easy two. And I, I really think that's what it comes down to for Roy Williams. He'd rather would you rather take the chance on a three or a two? But now at this point, they're about the the percentage of making a layup is about this the points per shot is probably about the same for a wide open three in a mildly contested layup. I think at the end if of the day, we're he's still get points per shot. Yeah, I think he still is just—he's basically making them not score twos. And he's like—I'm and pretty sure he. Well, I don't want to get into his mind, put words in his mouth, but if it's the sort of thing, if they're making their shots, then they deserve to win. And this has no statistical basis, so take this with half a grain of salt. But. I feel like it's more likely that someone gets cold from three than cold from a layup. It just doesn't feel that way. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way because when you get threes rained down on you, it's demoralizing. But, yeah, but div- it's also demoralizing when you're getting demolished on the inside. Division one basketball players can shoot threes. Well, yeah, no, that's what, and that's I think that's where it's starting to change because maybe a decade ago it wasn't that case. Where nowadays, you know, most players have to have some sort of proficiency at shooting threes Darn you steph curry mm-hmm. yeah the steph curry making generation. all the kids flinging them up nowadays or should we call it the trey young generation 
Um, Theo went down early in that game, and I really feel like if he was around in the second half, the comeback would have been completed. Yeah, I mean, we were we only lost by four, and I mean, within somehow a, we had it tied with a little over a minute to go, and then we just let it slip. I think it came out somewhere that said that he could have played. It was more but the fact that it, yeah, I think. I think the fact that it was an early January game so. or a late January game. It's tough, but I, I mean, I think that was the right move to make. Yeah. Protect you guys first. Yes. I agree. If it's not the season on the line, there is no reason to play someone who isn't 100%. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But big games from Joel Berry and Cam Johnson. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, Cam Johnson had his career high, uh, 32 points. He was, what, 6 of 10 from 3. Mm-hmm. So... That if we can just get that more consistently with Cam, that's going to what that's and when Kenny and he did get his shot back in the pit game. When we have mm-hmm. those two able to make their shots, that's what's going to help us be a more competitive team. But to be fair, Luke didn't didn't do much that game either. No. So it was like we need to be able to have three scores because right now it's like I feel like we only have two at a time and it's not that's not sustainable. No, because it's either it's Luke and Joel or it's. Uh, uh, Cam and I don't want to keep saying Joel or like Theo went off um, but it's never like oh Luke and Joel and Theo and Kenny all went off uh, my thing with Luke now is he has to find ways to get his own shot yeah like that's that's the next evolution of his game he needs to be able to find those shots he only got eight shots up that game and we really need him to be in like the 15 shots per game range because he's a volume shooter. That's how he gets his points. Yeah. But if he can't get his shot, if he can't find his shots, if we can't find him, he needs to be able to go get the ball and go get his own. It's really funny because, like, I feel like early in the game, you see him probing, like, on the, on the, uh, in the block, like, in the paint. And if he's not having any success, he slowly moves himself outwards. Mm-hmm. And then it really comes and goes on whether he can hit his jump shot or not. And, Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. Right. But shout out to Clemson. They had to – you don't just make that many frees on accident. Like and that they, was, they're down their, their, their point guard, their starting point guard, because he was out – right? He was a point guard, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante, Dante Grantham. 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 Not Devontae cor- Graham of Kansas. No, I got corrected on this last week, so I will admit I was wrong. Hit him with a fat check. On the on the petty side, Clemson's student section rushed the court. No, they get invited onto the court or field after every game. Please. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that a question from somebody? Yes. Uh, is, this, is this true? Sorry, before we move on from this, did we really shoot 45% and they shot 39% like overall? That doesn't surprise me. They went really cold in the second half. Yeah, they yeah. had a really bad second half. They still lost. Mm-hmm. We had a really bad first half. But we were down, what, 16 at half, so yeah. it's, you can't put yourself in that deep of a hole. And we were lucky that it was only 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're moving on to the pig game. Such a cathartic experience. Like how it always goes, we have these bad games where everybody wants to burn the neighborhood down, and then we have these games where everybody calms down a little bit. Kenny Williams finally showed back up for that game. Did y'all hear that after the game, Roy shook his hand, he's like, hello. It's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> he had 15 points, and I think that was his first time in about a month scoring like a substantial amount. It really has been that long, hasn't it? Yeah, so 
four of our starters were in double figures except for Theo, but Theo's two were a... Uh, it was quite a two. <laughs> it was quite a two. And even though he only had two points, Theo still played, like, incredible. And yeah, game. he had a double-double in non-scoring. Like, yeah, he had eight assists, which is his, cur- his tied his career high. He's so close to that triple-double. I know. He's just, like, he's on the cusp, but he just never quite does it. Yeah. Pitt is really bad. Yes. <laughs> They're real, real bad. <laughs> like, I, I had heard that they're bad. And, like, I had seen, like, I watched a little bit of the Pitt-Duke game at Pitt earlier this year, and I was like, oh, they aren't very good. But, oh, man, it's different in person. Oh, it's so much <laughs> different in person. It, because they have good players. Um, they have okay players. Michael Carr is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had 22 points, 8 of 11. Yeah, they had a couple of mellow balls out there that were <laughs> that were just, like, balling from talking. three. Yeah. And, like, if they can get that as a cohesive unit, like, they'd be, a, they'd be a pretty solid team. But they're so disjointed, especially on defense. It's just bad. Who knows what kind of team they would have been had they had Cameron Johnson. It's still horrible. Also, they just got... Absolutely destroyed on the boards by us. They had 28 rebounds. We had 47. That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Because they don't rebound. We had to teach Cameron Johnson how to rebound. We did. So also, the assists uh, was, they had 12 assists. We have 29 assists in that game. It wasn't, I think it was like 29 assists on like 36 shots. 36 made baskets. 36 yeah. made baskets, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That, that's what we need. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's Carolina basketball to a T. For sure. There's a lot of pointing going on on that court. (laughs) Something I wanted to bring up, because it was not as big because of all the struggles in the Clemson game, but something that I really caught my eye in the the Pitt game. Our bigs, I think, are finally starting to understand how Mm -hmm. to play offensive. Sterling and Garrison had to... Both had a great game. Uh, I I believe the Pitt game was arguably Garrison's most complete game, including that incredible four-burn. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a sneaky ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> sneaky ten. He did. I mean, he, they were both. They both. Um, they had combined two missed shots from the floor. Yeah. And then Garrison gets Bryce hype, and I like Bryce hype. Yeah, throwing arms and stuff. And the he did make that one and one and made the mean mug. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool. But and then Sterling now every time he get, he's like every time he gets the ball he's putting it up for a dunk and I like that. I love it. That's what we need. You see Brandon, uh, uh, not Brandon, uh, Brandon Huffman almost murder somebody. He he went up for a dunk, but he got fouled. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, he oh. went to go. Like, yeah. he was up. Like, I thought ready he meant, to, like, legitimately murder. No, no, no. He went, what? <laughs> no, he went up to go baptize someone, and then he, he got fouled. But so. Scrappy Drew made a good play. Like, one good play, I think. <laughs> he had... He, he was running a little point guard three there, <laughs> which since we, you know, don't have a backup point guard at the moment, at the moment, but maybe Thursday. Kane Ma. Kane, Kane, Kane Ma, Ma for a season. But we might on Thursday. I, I honestly believe that this might be um, seventh's first game back. I'm just worried about his conditioning. I mean, did you watch him during the first time um, they came out? No, I didn't. He had some bounce. He's, he has a back. He was throwing. He was throwing them down. I, I saw the video from Brandon Robinson on on Instagram. So it doesn't look like he's being timid with his foot. 
the good thing is probably like how Kenny was coming back this year where he was just so ready to get back on the court. Mm-hmm. And especially given all the storylines of this year, now that it seems certain that seventh will be our starting point guard next year, mm-hmm. it's now time for him to start stepping up. And I think he's ready to take that on. Yeah. I hope he is. He was having a good – like he started off the year. I think he started off pretty pretty well. Like he was hitting – He mid- did what he was supposed to do. He did what he was supposed to do. Defensively, I think he's a better option than Jalik. And – he was hitting like mid range jump shots that I, he was he was taking them with confidence. Yeah, and I was like, you could like you like he obviously had made the he put the work in in the off season, and you could see that it was starting to like he was starting to put it together, and then unfortunately he had his stress fracture and uh, what was it plantar, uh, fasciitis. plantar fasciitis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that was a get right game. It had to be, and it was. We needed that so badly. Um, and you could, Duke lost that day to St. John, so it's Duke it was characterized game. as a good day. But not just that, like Kentucky lost to Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. and they lost, and yesterday. Kansas lost, didn't they? Yes, yes they did. Did. it was a one of the few blue bloods that survived the day. They were blue bleeding. Yeah. UCLA won by two, and I was like, ooh, that was close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the heels win by thirty-one, ninety-six to sixty-five. Um, did y'all feel how tense the Dean Dome was though before the game started? Did you feel how tense it was? Like, especially when they were hitting their threes. Yeah, like, they started six of nine from three. It was tense in the Dean because <laughs> we're all like, "Here we go again." Yeah, yeah, with Pitt. Yeah, with Pitt. Yeah, I thought you meant like before tip off, and I was like, I mean, the team looked loose. No, no, not the team. I meant the the like the crowd. Like what after tip off? Like during the first couple minutes of the game. Then we said Pitt to the pit of misery. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly. I'm not gonna no free sponsor. I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we are not sponsored by them yet. <laughs> We're close. Um, thirty-one point win. Good, good. We had a what five five day break? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah. it is now Wednesday, February seventh. Tomorrow is Thursday, February eighth. Also known as Beat Duke Day. In 24 hours and 7 minutes, we will be looking at tip-off. I still ha- It still game. hasn't mentally hit me that the game's tomorrow. Yeah. It usually, in my four years, it's really never hit me until you're in the Dome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Last year, the week before, I feel like it was extremely hype because we were really good. We were undefeated at home. Yeah. We lost on the road. It was probably also because it was my first Duke game at home. Oh, I know. I thought I thought last year, like I was nervous days before the game. Yeah. Like I haven't felt any real emotion about the game yet. Like my mind hasn't processed that in twenty four hours and six minutes. The game's happening. So the heels coming to the game twenty first ranked in the country in the AP poll. Duke comes in ranked ninth. Obviously, there are the two big men down low, Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley. That's going to be tough. That's honestly going to be our biggest struggle. And the fact that Gary Trent Jr. is is starting to hit it from three, like that could be an issue for yeah. us. Because I don't know, like who do we put on Marvin Bagley? Theo. That's tough, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we don't need getting foul trouble. So definitely don't put Luke on him. Cam can't guard him. I mean. He can't do it. And, and Luke said, um, not Luke, Coach said in his pre-presser, he's like, it's not going to affect how we're, I'm lining him up. We're still going with small to start probably. 
because that's our the guys that we need to have in there, so they need to figure out a way to do it. I'm sorry, I really have to go to the bathroom. That's fine. Please do we'll not t- melt down while I'm gone. No, you, you've done it. well we, the past couple times. We've got so. it covered. Okay. I have our strategy to victory. I've looked at Duke's four losses and I've Jesus decided Christ. it. Oh, uh, we also know who to foul if we're in trouble, and that is Trayvon Duval. Yeah. Duval, sorry. Duval. He, it, it changed midseason. Trayvon oh. <laughs> Duval. He missed some very clutch free throws against St. John's. John's yeah. But that's also a thing. I don't know if it's a good idea that we're catching them the game after they got kind of embarrassed at home. It could go either way. It could either be, okay. <laughs> Aaron caught it. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I heard it. Uh, <laughs> no, it could go either way. Either they're going to come out and they're going to be trying to hit us in the mouth early, or they're going to come out flat because they just lost to St. John's. Luckily, Duke teams usually start out flat. It's the second half that's the scary part. Especially this Duke team. Yes. Like the way that they've come back against so many different teams. It's like you like you can't be comfortable with a lead until the clock hits you, zero. You basically just need to accept there's going to be about a five-minute period where they're just going to steamroll. Yeah. And it, can you withstand that? Yeah. And I expect there to be a lot of foul issues. I, I think it's, it's going to be a problem. And if we get our, our real bigs in trouble, that's what's going to weak, weaken our line. Yeah. And I can obviously, I can easily see that being a problem. Like we can't have these three to four minute stretches where we just don't score. Like we can't have those. Like we cannot afford to have those because Duke is going to score. We just need to be able to withstand that and punch back. And we have to fight their offensive rebounding because they are one of the best teams this year getting the ball back because they, and that's one of their philosophies that you get offensive rebound, you immediately kick it for a three and that's going to kill us Mm -hmm. if the, if they're on. Well, Grayson, I think, Mr. Mr. Tripper is he's been not so hot from from like shooting in general. Like the, he has games where he finishes with two points or he finishes with one field goal attempt, and he's just like. I know being Carolina, it's, it's going to be a lot. Higher. It might, yeah. I don't know if it's gonna that's gonna hold true against us, but I hope it does because the less he shoots, the that more. is adding to the list of one of my keys to victory. Yeah, what are, Go so, for it. Yeah. Share those. So, share your keys. I we'll have our keys. I guess I have all four of Duke's losses up right now. Do you have the keys? Yes, I have the keys. I have three keys. <laughs> key number one. I guess two of them kind of go together, but key number one, Duke needs to get in foul trouble. Three of their four losses, they had two of their starters with four or more fouls. And in if we force two of those, White, in two of those okay. losses, they had three starters with four fouls. Or sorry, with three fouls. Another one of those losses, they had three of them with two and two of them with three. So if they get in foul trouble, then things aren't looking good for them. Yeah, I, I, I think this is the perfect opportunity where Theo just needs to drive to the basket. I'd, I'd rather him miss one of those shots. Well, than, I, pop, than work on our threes. Yeah. If I don't, I don't know if this is these are part of your keys, but their pick and roll defense is atrocious. Like yeah. atrocious. <laughs> so if we could get them in the pick and roll. I feel like that goes with getting them in foul trouble because if you get the ball inside, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to have to follow you. For, key number, you, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Key number two is they need to shoot poorly from three. In three of their four losses, they've shot twenty six point seven percent or lower. And I'd, in the game against St. John's, they shot forty five percent from three. I'd love to watch Duke shoot coldly from three in the dome. 
I've never seen it before. If they aren't feeling it, then it's really hard for them to score. And that's as even as a kid watching Carolina basketball in for Carolina Duke games, it's always been if you can stop them from making threes, you beat Duke. And then key number three, I'll probably add more as time goes on, but for now, key number three is make sure Grayson Allen doesn't have a good game. In three of their four losses, Grayson Allen did not score 10 points. And I feel like as good as Marvin Bagley is, Grayson Allen is like the spiritual leader of the team like Theo Pinson is. And if he doesn't play well, it's hard for them to overcome it. Who is the best defensive assignment, do you think, for Grayson? Probably going to be Joel, honestly. Could be Joel. Because Kenny's going to be on on Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be on one of the big men. Luke's going to be on one of the big men. And Cam. And Cam is going to probably be. Cam would get fouled, I think, posting him straight up. Yeah. It it was unfortunate because he does have a three-inch height advantage on Joel. And that's that's what lost us the semifinal of the ACC tournament was having Joel on Grayson and Grayson drawing just so many fouls. Well, that's a good point. Do they play like a true shoot, like small forward? No, it's like three guards and two yeah, forwards. Three. Yeah, three guards, two forwards. I would. I don't know. Because I don't. I, I honestly don't know who who Cam would guard. Because honestly, I would rather flip and put Kenny on him because I know Kenny. I think could lock him down. Whereas Joel, you could probably put Joel and Duval. Duval, yeah, Duval doesn't really drive as much as Gary does. And so if we put Joel on there, but then again, Joel has still missed some defensive assignments, I think, this year. And a lot of the open threes have come when he's missed his assignment. Well, luckily, Duval is not a good shooter. That is also He's true. good at driving. He's not That's a good why shooter. I said maybe put him there and put Kenny on Grayson. Who is this Delorier kid that comes off Duke's yeah. bench? Because yeah. he averages a foul every three minutes. Wow. He's fouled out twice in less than 15 minutes of gameplay. And then in their two loss, in their four losses, two of them he fouled out in fifteen minutes or less, and two of them he had one foul in two minutes and one foul in three minutes. I don't know, but you know what I want? I want to get this myth out of the way that Duke is not like Duke doesn't have a bench. They do have a bench. They just don't. He play just them. doesn't. Coach K just chooses not to use them. I, I'm tired of the the whole like narrative like ah oh, Duke's so young and like they have they play with such a short bench. That's by choice. You have a ton of McDonald's All Americans on your team. And you have a bench that you could develop, or you could just leave them on the bench and not ever play them. Just don't ever use them. Basically, he uses those to draw the fouls, and so that he can keep his good players in. Pretty much foul sponge. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Which, to be honest, that's the strategy I'm in favor of. Yeah, it works. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Five fouls, use them. Who's our foul sponge? <laughs> If if I had my way, it would be Brandon Huffman. I was going to say yeah. Brandon Huffman too. Or Scrappy Drew. Scrappy Drew has drawn some. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know because Brandon Huffman can he could probably get one or two good block shots well, out of. That's I put him in there or, and tell him to block everything. Or, try to block everything. If not block it, put their butt on the ground. Yeah. And that, tell them not to come back in the paint ever again. That's what my dad told me. He put me in the game to block everything. <laughs> don't you move from this paint, boy. <laughs> One time I had five blocks. I had four fouls, but I had, <laughs> but I had five blocks. What are what are y'all some of your keys you have that maybe Aaron hasn't mentioned? Have we talked about defense yet? No, not really. My three keys are: we need to get them in foul trouble. We need to have them shoot poorly from three, and we need to make sure Grayson Allen has a bad game. 
Uh, we need to get dribble penetration on that zone. Yes. Yes. And we need to be able to shoot shoot well outside of that zone. Um, if we get the ball into like the 10, 15 foot range and get Wendell Carter to and, and to then, come up and commit, commit and pass it to a big down low, that's prop. That's where I want the bulk of our points to come from. Is working that. But I I was saying before while you were gone, saying having Theo attack the basket. Yeah, I'd rather him miss those shots than staying outside or draw and foul. trying to do, to beat the zone with threes mm-hmm. because most of the time they should call a foul. Whether they do, that's a whole other story, and that can make for other frustration. But I feel like if he attacks on those bigs, he's going to be able to get draw a foul on them. We should be able, we should get a get ref crew. This yeah. will be a prime time game, so I believe we have a question. We have, we have a Twitter question related to this, correct? Yeah, from um, Molly Loman at Loman Molly. <laughs> Is the game winnable? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's winnable. That's why we play the game. The way we that play to win the game. As poorly as we as we've been playing this Hello? season, I feel like you play to win the game. I feel like pretty good going into this game for going into a game against Duke when we're playing poorly. Right after a three game losing streak. Yeah. I don't think it has to do with it being Duke. I think it just has to do with the fact that this team has the potential. This Duke team is susceptible. This Duke team is susceptible to upsets, and we know that when you have a rivalry game, you gotta throw, throw the records throw, out the window. Throw the records out. Damn straight. <laughs> Do we have to bleep that? You can. We, we haven't had to quack you yet. I thought you, we were ready for some quacks this week. No, he Pitt. always says that. Then he calms down like five <laughs> minutes later. I know because Pitt, the pit game calmed me down. How are, how do you teach with that type of temper? My rage. <laughs> I actually I'm actually very calm when I'm teaching. Oh I goodness. am not the rage induced monster that I am when I'm watching Car Heel <laughs> Sports. I I co-sign with some of Aaron's points. Also, just controlling offensive rebounds for them. If we can, yeah, because that's what leads to uh, second chance opportunities and for duke those are second chance three-point shots yeah i think a lot of our issues with rebounding with offensive rebounding or i guess in our case defensive rebounding is a lot of these teams are shooting so many threes and they're when they miss those threes they're long rebounds and a lot of our guys are positioned in the paint and they'll end up getting their own long rebounds so we can cut down on that i think we can be in a good spot and because we are we're actually a pretty decent rebounding Mm -hmm. team Mm -hmm. apparently we're the best rebounding team in the country we have That's the pretty, pretty decent. We have the best rebounding margin in the country. So it's just, just flipped where we was the best offensive rebounding team last year, where now we're a, the best defensive rebounding. So which is a is a crazy thing to say, but yeah. One last thing before are we good to move on? I'm good. One more thing before we move on. Uh Duke is currently the second ranked team in adjusted offense according to Kempom. 72nd in defense. And that's something it's gonna we be a need shootout. to take advantage of. Yes. Sorry to backtrack they also turned, a bit, but They also turned the ball over more than us. You that's say that it. we're God. not a very good offensive rebounding team. We're number 11 in offensive rebounding and number 6 in defensive rebounding. See, that's fake news because that's no way that's true. <laughs> it's just last year we were so good on the boards. But I feel like we're better. I remember seeing a couple weeks ago that at, sorry, at that point in the season... We were better on the boards than we were last year. Let me verify that. I don't believe that for one second. Um, We've had some outlier games that have inflated that margin. Probably. 
after we play Duke, we head down to Raleigh for part two of Rivalry Week. Our just lovely people of UNC Raleigh. Who's, who, who scheduled us three games in five days? Lee Butler. Why? <laughs> nice guy. One game. One game. We have Duke. Hi, the, next we have, the next game we have <laughs> UNC Raleigh. And then who we play after them? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. No. Roy, they had they pulled a clip today from him, like after practice. He's like, "So instead of feeling sorry about ourselves, let's rise to the occasion. And let's actually do something about it." So I mean, at least it's like that mentality. Just go ahead and attack from it. I, I'm concerned though, especially with our depth problems at point guard. If Joel's gonna be playing 35 minutes a game, so by the time he gets to Notre Dame, he's gonna have tired legs. It's hard to make shots. No, it's, tired h- legs. it's hard for any player. Especially in, this, with, in the country to play that many games in that short amount of time. Yeah. Especially with how he gets knocked around in the paint. Yeah. It's like so, so unless it's Seventh Woods or, or Kane Ma can step in and you know yeah. relieve somehow him. Somehow we can pull out three and zero. That that that's I, a miracle. I'd I be happy with two and one. That would easily, I think, raise some. Uh, I'd be ecstatic. Bad thoughts, but it's very easy to go zero and three. I'd feel. Oh yeah, no. We can. We'll, like I'll feel great at two and one. I will be ecstatic at three and zero. One and two, I'd be I'd be a little like worried, but I would understand. That's one and two is probably on par, I think, at this point, considering how people are thinking. Oh, and yeah. three would be catastrophic, <laughs> but very possible. Oh yeah. no, yeah. Unfortunately, last yeah. year our rebound margin was twelve point three. This year, I said it was eleven point seven, eleven point five. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, pretty close. Yeah. Did y'all hear what Joel said yeah. about the game? Yes. I agree. For those who were not well, aware. Well, I semi-agree. Uh, he, Joel was interviewed about the Duke game and having the NC State game uh, just a couple of days afterward and having two rivalry games in two consecutive games. And he was quick to clarify that he only really qualifies Duke as a rival. They just don't like State. They're not rivals. I think that's pretty fair, like, State is not a rival. I hate them more than I hate the average team, but not nearly enough to call it a rivalry game. But I I think I hate State more than I hate Duke, but Duke is the bigger game. I hate State yeah. fans. Well, it's a different hate. Fair. It's I hate, a, diff- it's a I hate, really different kind of hate. I think State fans are more obnoxious. Duke hate, it's like a burning hate, but it's also a respectful hate. No. State hate, it's, it's just, like... There's no respect there. Yeah. No. It's just literally just... New phone, who dis? And old heads always like to mention they're like back in the seventies, eighties, nineties. It was it's twenty eighteen, but it, <laughs> it's twenty eighteen now. Where you want to pull up Roy's record? Against the record State? against State is not close. Yeah, it's not even as bad as in the past decade or so. How Duke has fared against us? It, it's even st- like it, because it's a rivalry. It's actually more contentious. Whereas State, it's just not. Might yeah. that could maybe in the next five years if Kevin Keats does actually like lead them into a really good program i like kevin keats like i really like kevin keats as a coach like i like i just hate that he had to end up going to state because that's that that breaks my heart because i was a really i not was i still am i am a big fan of kevin keats so i like sitting you low too when he was down there so as long as we don't have alec freeman go seven seven for us against us i think he shot I think the next, the very next, next game, game after 0 for, 0 for 4 from 3, if you want to know. He's like, apparently to their fan base, he's the Theo because like they literally like yell out 
for him to also, not sh- shoot. <laughs> shout out to the Dean Dome crowd for always having an audible groan every time Theo yeah. thinks about taking. Not just when he takes one, when he thinks of when the Dean Dome thinks he's going to take a three point shot. The whole Dean Dome, the Dean Dome goes. Uh. <laughs> it's actually really fantastic. Uh, is there anything else in college basketball this week? That's noteworthy. I feel Kentucky's no- still slipping. They lost to Tennessee last night. That was a good game. Well, Tennessee was a, a fun game. It's kind of crazy how good Tennessee is right now. And it's now. making our win look even more important. It's going to mm-hmm. be that that win, especially with how we're playing right now, might be like a deciding factor on what our seed is, like what our seeding is, as well as the Ohio State win. Yeah, exactly. They've been playing really good basketball. They play Purdue tonight, which is a really big game. Doesn't Kansas play Purdue soon? I believe they do. I don't trust. Purdue. I don't know. No, it's not Kansas. I was going to say, Kansas isn't in the Big Ten. No, no, no. Somebody plays Purdue. Somebody Michigan in the, State. Michigan State plays Purdue. That's what it is. Uh, this is directed at Megan Abernathy at at that Abernathy. Uh, you know exactly what podcast you need to listen She'll, She tweeted, I need a podcast to listen to or a book to read or a new hobby to pick up or something. Everybody at this table right now tweet at her just like at NeverMadePod. Should we quote it or reply? Reply. Also... Right now, Duke, sorry, not Duke, Villanova is down six to St. John's with 14 and a half minutes left in the second half. Down six? Yes. Do we know if she listens or not? She could, very well could listen. I don't Do it anyway. She, <laughs> I don't think she does. But if she does, tweeting at her isn't going to make her stop listening. If she's made it through 20 some odd episodes. <laughs> We're getting old, y'all. We're old heads. We're going to have our... 25th anniversary soon. Oh. 25th episode anniversary. We spent so long on the first two topics of, our, of this rundown. It was a lot to talk about. Lot to talk this about. Is, and now we're about to spend so long on the Super Bowl because I have a lot to talk about. The, is there the, a lot to N- talk about? The NFL, ch- I think there is. the NFL championship. The NFL Oh, I'm sorry, The Superb Owl. <laughs> uh, the 52nd iteration of the Superb Owl. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the evil empire. <laughs> the wicked witch the fir- of the northeast is dead the wanna, first order has been i just want to point out that bill belichick wears a potato sack every time he goes out <laughs> like i saw him at the end of that game i'm like this man is actually wearing a potato sack does he wear that when they play indoors i don't know I have no idea or in the fall when it's like warm good question <laughs> um that was a fun game from someone like especially with the crowd that we were watching with. Yeah, so Maverick and Aaron were both in my apartment. Where were you? I was hosting at my apartment. Gotcha. Just I feel bad for Scott and Michael and Austin, though. It, eh. it was, what, 12? Just It wasn't even Eagles fans. It was 12 anti-Patriots versus three, three Patriots, Patriots fans. Michael was so calm. He that's, tweet- him, that's him every Patriots game, though. He tweeted out the Mina Kimes thing. The yeah. Thing. Sports are bad and life is pain. Isn't that what it is? Yes. Like... Near the end of the game, I turned to Mav and I said, I'm pretty sure I haven't heard Michael talk in 25 minutes. (laughs) No, that's just how he watches games. It just didn't look like anyone could stop anyone on defense. No, there was no defense. There was one punt the whole game. That's fantastic. That's the kind of game I want to watch. No, I want to watch a 3-0 Super Bowl. God. No, but honestly, probably one of the more exciting Super Bowls I've watched in recent memory um, the most offense ever. No, the, the when we say the most yards gained in a game, we're not talking about a playoff game. We're not talking about a Super Bowl. We're talking about in an NFL game ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. 
what was it like a thousand and fifty one or something? Something like that. Something, something ridiculous. That. Yeah. Just some ridiculous. Tom number. Brady is forty years old. For like he threw five hundred yards. Five hundred. Five hundred. Ridiculous and lost. And no lost. interceptions. Like, if you probably told all of us before the game that he threw five hundred five yards, what three touchdowns? No interceptions. No interceptions. Uh, they you gave Nick Foles if like you just gave the stats and no, like uh, and also talked about how like the Eagles had some critical mistakes to start the game. You were like, "There's no way that the Pats aren't winning that game." If you would have told me that, like as soon as the Eagles missed that extra point, I was like, "That's going to come Here back to go. haunt them." And then I always get the Goskowski, yes, yeah. came back and just shanked. <laughs> this field goal and I went oh this might mean, be interesting I don't mean to interrupt but Megan Abernathy already <laughs> listens to us yeah <laughs> so <laughs> sorry Megan <laughs> hey Megan <laughs> um god that was a fun game really, that was a really fun th- game third downs were really fun <laughs> it's a key play y'all see the ha <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see that the uh, Woo Pig Suey. Stop. I hate that chant. It's so Austin stupid. Austin did that to counter our key play chant. Stop. Um, did y'all see that the the name of the Nick Foles play? The Philly Special. The Philly yeah. Special. <laughs> I, I thought it was the he, I thought it was called the Philly Philly. No, it's the Philly Special. Because apparently, like, Doug Peterson at least told him right before the play, he's like, Philly, Philly? He's like, Philly, Philly. And they went out and did it. No, no. Nick Nick Foles Foles called the play. Nick Foles went up to him and said, Philly Special. And Doug Peterson, like, looked at the play sheet. He went, (laughs) looked back at him. He was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) He was like, Philly, Philly. (laughs) And then they went out. That was an awesome play. Nick Foles called his own number to catch a pass on fourth down in the Super Bowl. After Super Tom Battle. Brady had already lost a pass, or dropped a pass. That was fantastic. That's the defining thing where that, that, I it. almost thought it was trolling. I almost thought it was trolling. My favorite thing other than that from the whole game that I saw on replays is in the first quarter of the route where Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar high-fived. Yeah. Did y'all see the there was an edit of Tom Brady missing that catch? And it, it was, was the Lombardi, Lombardi trophy. Lombardi yeah. Trophy. <laughs> that was so funny. I knew that was gonna happen after the game. I don't know, man, because even it like even up to that last play where he was throwing that Hail Mary down the field, I was like, hey, someone could still catch this. Like, they're throwing a Gronk, and for a second, I thought Julian Edelman caught it. Not uh Amendola caught it. They're all the same. Sorry, yeah, I, I got my 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 gritty Wide receivers, all the gym right, right the gym receivers, <laughs> high football IQ wide receivers mixed up. Um, Malcolm Butler did not play a snap, and I feel like that's worth mentioning. Not one single snap. He started ninety eight percent of the snaps. Well, he went season. in on special teams once, right? But he did not play a defensive snap. Yeah, he played ninety eight percent of the snaps for the Patriots this season. Started, think. All but one game, and did not play once. And there, and there were some rumors going around that he had um, missed curfew or, or like was and at he a had party. Weed. I didn't hear that, but he, I heard that he was at a party. So, or like yeah, he was before. at Khaled's party, right? DJ Khaled. Um, but then he came out with a statement said that those rumors were false and just. It's it's just a weird situation because nobody would answer anything 
after the regardless game. though like as much as i hate bill belichick props to him for not backing down on being a stickler on the rules um i'm it's gonna have to disagree with that <laughs> i'm gonna have to disagree with that one players in the super bowl if they would have sat cam for not wearing a tie <laughs> in our super bowl year yeah i would have been furious yeah but is ron rivero known for being like one of the strictest coaches in i mean football? he did sit can't cam because he didn't wear a tie because I'm just saying that's a reason for not starting someone, not for sitting someone an entire game. And when you get burnt by the Eagles, by Nick Foles, not saying that Nick Foles didn't play out of his mind, but when your defense is getting shredded and you're, you have people missing tackles and just makes you wonder if Malcolm Butler could have maybe made a difference. I don't know. At least one of those key plays. I'm waiting for it. Thanks, Colby. I mean, like, listen, I would not do the same thing as Bill Belichick in that situation, but I think that it's admirable that he's committed to having his players follow the rules that he sets. Admirable means nothing without dubs. <laughs> a- uh, honestly, admirable, I don't, I don't care about admirable. What does that mean? You know Please why I'm look. here. <laughs> <laughs> but... um I mean, nobody really knows. Still, nobody knows why he got benched. So, I mean, it's all speculation at this point. Whether it was, it was, it's all speculation on at this point whether it was um, like a discipline issue or because everyone kept saying that it was. It, this gave us the best chance to win, and I was like, mm, did it really? Like, mm. so what do you do with Nick Foles now? That's a really good question. I was thinking that too because you they've already committed to Carson Wentz as being their their guy. I don't think you can keep him as a backup. No, but you can. He has a high selling price right now. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback right now, and but the, the, but to everybody, it seems that doesn't seem like it's right to trade a Super Bowl winning. But that price that price tag goes up when you add Super Bowl MVP next to the name. So would a certain franchise? He wouldn't be my first choice. I, I don't think beggars can like, be choosers. Yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a bridge quarterback, I feel like Which we just he, need, we need someone who's mediocre enough to start, like who's Sam good Darnold, enough to, who's good enough to start ten to twelve games, but who's mediocre enough that you can pass the torch from him. Why don't you just get a good quarterback, Sam Darnold? But you can't play him immediately. He's not a good. Oh my God, Nick Foles is right there. <laughs> He's a good. The only time Nick Foles was a bad quarterback, sorry. The only time Nick when he Foles had was, Jeff Fisher was when Jeff coach. Fisher was his head coach. I love you, Jeff Fisher, but and he had I Jeff, Fisher, Jeff Fisher had Case <laughs> Jeff Jeff Fisher had Case Keenum, Jared Goff, and Car, and uh, um, Nick Foles. All three of them had great years this year. So I can't stand Jeff Fisher. He's a plague on the NFL. <laughs> I have two. When he was for us, he was solid, but he fell off after he left. Seven nine. I have two complaints about the game, both directed at Chris Collinsworth. (laughs) Yeah. Number one, we didn't even get to replays. The whole game, the whole fourth quarter, when the Patriots were down, Collinsworth had it as a foregone conclusion that the Pats were going to come back. When the Eagles were down, what was it? One. Or two when they scored. Yeah, when they uh, to take the lead. When they gave it to Zach Ertz and he dove to the end. It was yeah. down one. They were down one, and Collinsworth said that they should 
just end the drive quickly so that Tom Brady could drive down and score and they would have more time left on the clock. Like, how much more biased can you get? To be fair, to, to, to be fair, at that point, it didn't look like any, like in the second half, it didn't, they gave no indication that they were able to stop the Patriots offense at that point until. And we were all thinking it. Yeah, yeah. Because we've, we were all thinking it, but single as we, one said, of we know, we thinking it. At that point, we were like, we know how this story is going to end. Because mm-hmm. we've seen it so many times. Yeah, but that. Obviously, it didn't work out that way, and that's great. And but. one of the guys calling the Super Bowl of all games, I feel like, shouldn't be. Saying something like that. The one, the one moment from Collinsworth that bothered me was on the replay. Yeah, on the catch. That was the other one. He's a former wide receiver. He knows the rule. Yeah. He's like, oh, there's he no was way just showing how much his Patriots bias was. I was like, no, nah, there's he, no way that's a catch. I was like, that's definitely a catch. He turned into <laughs> a runner two steps before he dove. Yeah. Because it was, he said something ridiculous. Like if they overturn this, like I don't know what I ca-, like something like that. Like he said something, like made some ludicrous statement, and everyone was like. Chris Collinsworth, shut up. Because <laughs> like, I think the important distinction was to make, because, of course, we're comparing it to Jesse James' catch when the Pittsburgh. Steelers played yeah. the Patriots. When it was when Jesse made his catch, he immediately dove for the end zone without making any football And he was already going to the ground. Yes. Whereas Zach Ertz caught it, took two, if not three steps before, if not the third, to leap into yeah. the end zone, which is, I think, a, it by rule is a – it's very much a different thing. But overall, I think this rule needs to get changed. I think Roger. I don't go. think so. I think the rule worked exactly as it was supposed to in the Super Bowl. It did. I agree. It's just a confusing rule. Is Which it is, though? For the, for the Super Bowl, if this wasn't the Super Bowl, I think that the first catch would have been overturned. That first touchdown catch that uh, Clements caught. Where he had one foot in, like he caught it and stepped at the same time, but it wasn't like they couldn't tell if he had possession. And then he took another step, and then his oh, oh I, yeah, the one where it, he was covered he, up. That call there was stood, inc- it was inconclusive either yeah, way. They called it a touchdown on the field, and it stood, which I'm okay with. I was also okay with it. I'm just saying, I feel like in my gut, if like I feel like forty percent of the time that would get overturned, and so I think there needs to be a little bit more clarity on this kind of stuff. But I don't know. I'm just a person who talks on things and twitter and yells I, I i just really i don't think the catch rule is that complicated My, Maybe you, I, I just you think that it's not an nfl referee because i think i just think that the issue you. is things like when does someone turn into a runner i think that can be clarified for sure but and as things as, like surviving the ground well surviving the, I mean, that's like again it's like are they that's has to do with the receiver versus runner distinction yes if you clean that distinction up, I th- think you can keep the catch rule as it is. Is there anything else with... Do we want... Oh, there's so much to talk about with this game. I hope Brandon Cooks is okay. That was a... Na- it was a legal hit. It was a very legal hit. But it was a nasty... Just it was a hard hit. Just re- I had to remind some people that targeting is not a rule in the NFL. But even so, it wouldn't have been targeting... Well, it Yeah, it, have- it was forcible contact to the head. True, but under the NFL rule of like an objection where the unsportsman, like yeah, he no, wasn't no, no. defenseless, he he spun around and took like three steps. Yeah. So well, if if that was in college, it would have been targeting. Yeah, so but in the NFL, no, it's, it's totally a completely legal hit. hit. Yeah, might have been a dirty hit. Not even he's just trying to hit the dude. Yeah, that's football. Yeah, but it was completely legal. Not in college, it wouldn't have been legal, but but it was there. 
Um, what did y'all think of halftime? Okay, it's boring. Going into I agree. it, I thought it was a solid B minus C. How's that solid? B minus C plus. It was average. I feel like it was at the level of the Black Eyed Peas halftime show. I think it was a little better than that. Um, I was ready to rip JT a new one because I after the whole hologram thing had come out. Because obviously, with uh, respects to Prince's whole uh, stance on being shown as a hologram, or like uh, that wasn't even a hologram though. That was I what know, but, but this is but you're saying going into it, going into yeah. it, it was okay. It was there was a story that said, "Oh, JT's going to perform with a hologram." Yeah, of, of yeah, Prince. yeah. I did a lot of reading on that. Yeah, and so that would have been tragic because it's kind of hard to do a tribute to Prince by doing something that Prince is adamantly against, but ended up being a lot better than I think a lot. Like it wasn't hard. It was old footage. Yeah. Also, I don't remember if it was his wife or his daughter, but someone tweeted, someone from Prince's camp tweeted that they talked to Justin Timberlake before halftime. And she said she supported him doing the projection thing. I thought it was fine. Like I thought like in the moment, I thought it was fine. Like I was ready for it to be, egregious and i thought it was fine and uh yeah but the whole thing with him and his whole beef with prince didn't yeah. prince start that beef though but from what prince. i read it's prince i mean i agree that Gang. prince is awesome but does that mean okay, okay that doesn't so mean that he's always right just because he said sexy never left doesn't mean you have to make a song to diss him <laughs> is my point <laughs> jt took it a step further <laughs> yeah you, if you're Justin Timberlake, what year was that? I don't. It was know. like like 2004. You don't. It was over 10 years ago. You yeah. don't make a song dissing Prince because you're Justin Timberlake. You're your boy band in sync. Justin Timberlake, like, ramen noodle head, <laughs> frosted tips, frosted flakes on your hair. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, get out of here. I could have totally used that as a as a quack moment, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Um. I thought it was a little bit iffy that he started the show with uh, the same song that he uh, pulled. And, and sang up to the very moment. He sang up he... to the very moment, the very point in which the Janet Jackson thing happened. And he went, stop. And then he kept going with a different song. Wait, I, was... I thought that the whole staging with the beginning was really weird. With being in like a club? Yeah. I thought he wasn't actually in the stadium. And I was so actually I. really mad. Yeah. Like how... Who performed at the college football championship? Was it Kendrick? Kendrick. Kendrick. Like how he was outside the stadium. Yeah. Right. Also, selfie kid. That was so cringeworthy. Had no idea what he was doing. I do like the meme yeah. uh, quality, though, of it now. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a lot of feelings about that halftime show. But it's already like 50 minutes. <laughs> Any commercials that stood out to y'all? The Tide Pods. Tide. Well, not the pods, but Tide. Everything is a Tide ad. With David Harbour? Yes. <laughs> Capitalism has y'all cheering on. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Company. Oh, when, let when me the, enjoy these commercials. Keep no, that third, when, when the, third eye open. What was it, the other t- detergent? It was Purcell. Came on, everybody booed it because it was the Tide. <laughs> y'all, that, e- that Eli and Odell commercial had me dying. Like, I was... When he did the lift, I think I, like, had the same reaction that I have when somebody dunks 
in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like where you lean back like somebody hold me. <laughs> uh, if they connect for a touchdown, if Eli stays with the Giants next season, they need to celebrate by doing that. It's only fitting. Except Eli won't be with the Giants. Yeah, probably not. He won't be. So. so I have one question about halftime that I don't think has an answer, but I want to hear your opinions on. Sure. So everyone, there was basically a consensus that if JT used a hologram of Prince, it wouldn't have been okay. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on the Tupac hologram? That's hard because we also don't know what Tupac's wishes were. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Was that well, so Prince do you made- err on the side of it being okay or do you I would say err cautiously? No. Because that's like one of the most iconic music festival quote unquote performances maybe ever. It was also it also looked weird. It did, it was very it was uncanny like, valley ish. Like it looked real Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably a very good analogy. Yeah. Like I would probably say it's because I'm not very knowledgeable on the whole Back thing. End. Like I did some reading on the Justin Timberlake print stuff, but like I learned about it two days ago. I'm not a very big fan of well i like prince but like i'm not a diehard fan of either of them so i'm not knowledgeable about their whole beef and everything yeah are they different situations do you treat them differently it's hard because back in 96 i don't think they would have been like yeah holograms like i i do think they're different situations just because as a tribute with justin timberlake and prince having i feel like i'm not talking to the mic justin timberlake and prince having a history changes things so do you think it's not okay for jt to say let's bury the hatchet even if it's after prince is dead it, it seems disingenuous feels disingenuous. Kind of feels a that, disingenuous that's that's fair on that stage even if it is actually even if it is genuine it doesn't feel genuine because of where it is because of what the public knows like i know like why he did it you're in minnesota like in minneapolis in minneapolis yeah. like if that anything, is when the, territory. When the, lit, the streets lit up with princess Piazza. that looks that cgi was, cool. was that cgi yeah. that looks cgi to me i couldn't tell honestly i thought it was that cgi cool, yeah yeah cool. i know i thought it was cool but i thought it was cgi if it wasn't props to them because that was cool um let's make this a long episode because we have a lot to talk about um i believe by the way i'm checking twitter right now but i believe that it was manuela testolini who tweeted that she talked to JT and she said it was okay. And that's Squidward Tortellini. <laughs> Prince's ex-wife. I hardly even know her. I'll verify on Twitter right now, but that name looks familiar. I'm pretty sure it was Prince's ex-wife. Um, I'm interested to hear y'all's thoughts on the Dodge Ram commercial. Oh my goodness. They can get all the way. Slap that mess away <laughs> from here. It, that was pretty cringy. To say the least. Yeah, when I, uh, I was hearing that commercial, I was like, okay, all good things, all good things. And then a Dodge truck comes out. I was like, ah! <laughs> no! <laughs> Why Dodge? No, that wasn't. No. Give me more tie dads. Like, you're going to really take MLK Jr.'s words and use them to sell a Dodge Ram. I have feelings about... MLK quotes. If you dig in my timeline on Twitter, you can find my feelings about MLK quotes. But uh. and I think there was a different. Somebody on Twitter edited like that commercial with MLK's like speech on capitalism. I can't remember if it was from the same speech. I think it was. Uh, I think the speech was called "The Drum Major's Instinct" or something along those lines. And 
had something that it was like basically crapping on capitalism, like, or at least that kind of capitalism that they were using in that very, uh, commercial. Okay. So it was Sheila E. I must say, I was like, I heard that Sheila E said a lot about it. She said she wasn't, she didn't want them to use a hologram, but they had a good conversation and she was okay with a projection. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're singing karaoke, (laughs) you know, <laughs> so do you think singing Prince karaoke is okay? Yeah, that's different. Or is, is, it, is it just because Justin Timberlake had a beef? Like this is me legitimately no, wanting I, to I, know more about the situation. I think part of it's the beef. Part of it is the whole hologram debacle and how it just it makes it. It just feels disingenuous, especially for like their past and the fact that it's like giving him more publicity and it's like, oh, we're burying the hatchet. And then it's like, well, he's mm-hmm. kind of already died. So it's like, yeah, the BET awards. I understand that. The BET awards did like a whole Prince tribute. Yeah. And it was great. Was it great? Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember which BET awards that was. Side note, shout out to, uh, uh Sheila E is an honorary member of Top A Sigma. Ooh. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> shout out to the, to the Roz. The Ada Delta chapter at Howard University. Um, there was like, oh, the uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew commercial with Peter Dinklage and Morgan Freeman. That, that, that was, was pretty awesome. great. That, that was good. Also, I love Cloverfield's marketing. Like, ever since the first Cloverfield, where they just aired the trailer in movie theaters and didn't tell you what movie it was, they just gave you a scary ass trailer so scary trailer <laughs> whoops you might need a quack <laughs> <laughs> one hour uh a scary trailer and didn't give you the name for it and then just built up tension until the release of the movie and then the same kind of thing with uh 10 cloverfield lane and then with this one where they just had the commercial that was like hey there's this movie it's cloverfield and it's releasing tonight <laughs> and everyone was like what and then Netflix on Twitter. I heard it was real bad. Oh, I, I heard, heard it sucks. That, I heard it's not that good. Yeah. But it sets up apparently some stuff. Like, it sets up apparently, like, important story elements from the previous two. I'm not a scary movie person. I'm not either. So. I'm not. Uh, when I first watched Cloverfield, I got a headache because of the shaky cam. Like, it was one of those found footage kind of things. Uh-huh. And it gave me a headache. But I watched it, like, by myself in my own house. And it was like, ah, this is a yeah, good movie. I don't like. I've never liked like Blair Witch Project stuff like that. I've never liked that. I find Paranormal Activity hilarious. Do you two want to talk about the solo trailer? I, did you watch it? I did watch it. Okay, wait. <laughs> I just want. Sorry, go ahead. I just want to point out Donald Glover looks cold as hell. Okay, he so, looks so fantastic. <laughs> so if if this movie does bomb. If it does just not exceed expectations that people are starting to believe it will, we're at least getting Donald Glover as Lando yeah. Calrissian. I think kidding that, me? I think that's going to be the saving grace because he looks he like looks fantastic. Lando you see his little salute, like he did. He had his little salute in the in the Falcon, like in Episode Six, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and there was um, visually, it looks a lot like Rogue One. Yes. Um, as far as like the the. The tone of like the color, like the color very palette, dark. very dark, like very dark, very like grayscale kind of stuff going on. Um, looks very similar to Rogue One. Um, Music was, yeah, different. Yeah, it I've was. I've never heard a guitar is a Star Wars. I, you know, instrument. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, 
like it stopped opening with a wow. Like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is different, but I kind of like it because I guess it's more like deep underworld of Star Wars. So it's like got more of a gangster feel to it. It kind of made me laugh a little bit because he was like, Woody Harrelson was like, I'm getting a crew together. The, and I the was cliche, like, cliche, we're getting, yeah. We're getting a crew together. And I'm like, we haven't heard that. Ah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I feel like Marvel's been doing a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, uh, what do you what do you think about Alden as Han? I I don't know yet. First glance, I'm okay like with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not going to really know until I go into the movie. I think that's ultimately going to be the thing. Although for me personally, like looking at him, he looks like it. Yeah. Speaking is my probably bigger concern. But however, that's always going to be hard. However, I think it's more important that he captures the essence rather than sounding exactly like him be interesting to see if they try and play him as like the Han Solo we already know mm-hmm. or if we're trying to catch him on the upswing into no, what he is. Absolutely. Uh, Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly was like they released some stuff like they usually do for Star Wars today and they're saying like this is more him more at an inexperienced point in his life. He, yeah, okay. He's not quite the cynic he was back okay. then. So this is going to be a little bit different but this is his progress towards that state. Be interesting. I thought the visuals for the antagonist or perceived antagonist that dude with that looks with the with the kind of tribalish kind of mm-hmm. armor uh, looked really cool. Y'all have been talking for so long. It was a good trailer. You should watch the trailer. It's pretty interesting. So long. Thanks. Anyway, no, thanks. So, uh, TLDR. I think <laughs> you heard that, didn't you? <laughs> I think jury's still out. I have low expectations for this movie, but. This trailer does a very good job of just giving me a little interest, bit of hope, raising interest. Yeah, it gives me a ra- I raised the, one eyebrow, getting the senses tingling. Like, oh, you have my interest because I think this is definitely a movie where you can watch the trailer and not be worried about the results or being unpure. I can't about remember not watching the films right now. I can't remember his name, but something candy, John Candy from Django, where he said. You had my interest, but now, now you, you have, have my, my curiosity. Yeah, or attention or whatnot. Oh, no, you had my curiosity, but now, now you have my attention. That's what it was. It's, I think it's, it was a, I think it was a welcome thing, okay. given all the bad news. All right. I think we're done. <laughs> Finally. All righty, then. Star Wars. Want to talk a little recruiting, Maverick? Because I did not keep up with it at all sure. today. While you do this, I'm going to go refill the, the, the time on my car. Because I didn't put enough uh, minutes on it. So I will be right back. Go for it. Can I borrow your keys? Yeah. Well, as some of y'all may know, today is National Signing Day. Uh, despite all of our woes this season for Carolina football, right. we actually did very well on the recruiting trail. We actually had... this is That actually, reminded me of what happened with uh, your keys on Sunday. <laughs> Sorry you. to interrupt. <laughs> that was important. Stugats of the day. That was also a Stugats thing with the keys on Sunday. Recruiting. But, like I said, this is actually Larry Fedora's best recruiting class. Um, we were ranked 21th. Well, 21st. Not what the heck is 21th. 21st uh, <laughs> overall. Uh, we were fifth in the ACC. Uh, we got some really big commitments uh, that were very much teetering with other options. Uh, we ended up having three wide, uh, four-star wide receivers uh, that are coming next season. We have a four-star offensive lineman who's actually 
a top 50 player or if not just over 50. He's our highest rated recruit. And we also have a four-star quarterback coming in in Jason Reuter. So I think it's a good foundation to start the next four years. And even in a year struggling like this, I think it really marks the true end of the scandal and how much it's affected the recruiting trail. Yeah. All I said in the group meeting today is I hope these four-star right receivers can get open. All of them are 6'2 and taller, so that'll help at least a little bit. Yeah. Our, oh, we skipped over something. What we skip? Is Aaron more of a ga- gambler or a gas bag? I think we also need to have David weigh in on this. I think I know my answer. <laughs> I think it's an easy answer. What do y'all think? Gas bag. Gas bag. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's a gas bag. <laughs> you are a big gambler. Yeah. Questionable. Big problem. <laughs> But a bigger gas bag. <laughs> While we're waiting on David to give his opinion, I can tell my keys story from Sunday. So it's going to be the was, longest episode. This is going to be longer than our like Star Wars episode. episode. Yeah. So, anyways, somebody was leaving, but was like, "Oh, Adam was leaving to drive someone back, and he didn't want to have to make one of y'all get up to let him back in." So Paul was like, use my keys. And then someone else needed to go somewhere. And, oh, no, no, no. It was that Paul needed keys for the key play. And so you were like, Colby was like, you can use my keys. No, he's Paul said, give me Colby's keys. <laughs> and I was the one closest to the keys. So I reached back and try and grab it. Only too bad for me. The keys are about 10 feet away from me. And then I made like a big fuss about getting up to walk over and grab the key. He looked behind him from 15 feet away and just like half-heartedly waves his hand behind him <laughs> trying to reach these keys. It was the most pathetic 12-year-old thing I have ever seen. I almost reached them. <laughs> I don't want to get into the other stuff. Oh, hi, Maddie. Uh, I don't want to get into <laughs> there it is. the other stuff without without David here, where he's off refilling his car. But I guess I'll move on to my movie corner. Since he's not here, I can talk for as long as I want. Do you want me to time you? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> I actually saw four movies in the past week. Wow. I saw a lot. A couple... Three of them I watched of my own volition. One that I watched for class. Um, Ant-Man, just because I haven't seen it yet, which was very okay. Shorty review. Uh, Chariots of Fire, which I watched for class, which somehow won Best Picture in 1981. Have y'all seen it? Oh, I remember when he was talking about that y'all had to watch that class. Yeah. In the class. It was... I. It's not a bad movie. It's actually a pretty good movie. It gets better as it goes on. But it won Best Screenplay in 1981, which is apparently that was all it took to win Best Screenplay back then. Um, <laughs> I also saw, oh, I'm forgetting one. Oh, Bright, the Netflix movie okay. with Will Smith. And can David not get in? He's calling me. Oh, my goodness. This is terrible. Hold on. He's probably trying to use the wrong fob. 
Hello? Hello? Are you using the wrong fob to get into the building? Oh, yeah, that's right. The one time I tried the other one on that door, it didn't work. I should probably go see the CD about that. (laughs) We're coming. Thanks for interrupting the podcast. (laughs) This is a disaster. (laughs) I love Maverick's, like, walk when he's feeling it. I'm in the middle of my movie corner. Yeah. What movie? Uh, four movies actually. Oh Jesus. Uh, Ant Man. Okay. Oh yeah, I see. Um, Chariots of Fire. Pretty good. <sighs> Don't know why it won Best Picture. Um, Bright, the Netflix movie <laughs> with Will Smith. Have you seen it? No, I've heard a lot about it. Oh man, it's a mess. Really? It was. I heard, okay. it, I heard it tries to portray like police brutality and and such and like. Very like, poorly. Very. I was going to say very poorly. The, at one point, Will Smith said fairy lives don't matter because there are fairies and orcs and all and elves in the world. And um, he, at one point, he says fairy lives don't matter. Like five minutes into the movie. <laughs> it was a mess. Uh, four of ten wouldn't. Three of ten would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you had to think on that one. It was real bad. But I also saw The Shape of Water. Uh, the, is that the Guillermo Shyamalan? del Toro? Oh no, sorry. Wow, Shyamalan. I was Do thinking not of another one. Disrespect Guillermo del Toro. Like I was that. thinking of another one. Um, best picture nominee. Also, I think best original screenplay. Um, best director for um, Guillermo del Toro. Great movie. Oh my god, so good. Really? So so good. Uh, I mean, it's a Beauty and the Beast story. So like, you know what beats they're going to hit, but. I think the way that they told the story, I think them being able to tell a familiar story in a new way is what will win this, what will win this movie awards when it comes down to it in a couple of weeks. That's fair. It was fun. I would, since I've been talking about movies for a while, I will give it, what did I give Star Wars? 9.3. They're such different movies. Yeah. Whatever I gave Star Wars, I'll give Shape of Water. Like a 9.2, 9.3. Mm-hmm. It was great. It really was. Nice. Hooky. Twitter questions. Oh, yeah. Is Aaron more of a gambler or a gas bag? Hmm. I have to sit on that one for a second. <laughs> Why? What do you think? Oh, we all three, all of, three of us, us say gas, gas bag. bag. I can see that. <laughs> I'll say gas bag. Uh, first Twitter question. Let's see how quickly we can knock these out. Uh, this one's mainly for Aaron, but the rest of you too. If LeBron was definitely going to leave the Caps, what teams would you, what teams would he need to go to for you to hate him? Most definitely the Warriors. If he went to the Warriors, I would. Well, he's not going to the Warriors. I know he's not. I'm not. He's not. I'm just saying, like, if yeah, he were to, if he went, of yes. the other teams, of all of the teams in the league, if there was one squad that he went to that I would hate him, it would be. The Warriors. I would pick up my backs and drive down no. to the new stadium in San Francisco and see. I feel like that's <laughs> the only team that I would hate him for going to. I would say the same thing because that's the only one where it'd be like, "Yep, the NBA is canceled." I just love LeBron too much to ever. <laughs> like, I, like even the Lakers. Like, I'd be like, "Yeah, it'd be like, eh," but like also, I wouldn't hate him for that. But he would have pulled like even it would be the optics of that move would be even worse than KD. Like if he went to. If he went to Golden State, not saying that he will, or he was even thinking about that, but in the like 
slight, slight chance. There are rumors that Kimba is going to the Cavs tomorrow at the trade deadline. Don't do this to me, Charlotte. Don't do this to me. And, like, of all the teams that Kimba could go to, like, I would be, I guess I'd be fine with him playing with LeBron. But, no, I don't want him to go. I would love Kemba so much. But I, 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 I really think that move makes sense for makes the sense Cavs. Makes sense for the Cavs, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want him to go. I don't want him to go. I don't know either. Um, which, so as far as, like, which teams would be fine? Which teams would be fine? Um, I could see him going to Houston, and I would be like, that makes oh, that actual would be sense. A fun team. That the actually East makes sense. would be so bad. Huh? The East would be so bad. Oh, yeah. But I could see it. Um, if, if, the, if he went west, I feel like Mark Cuban is actually going to go through on his plan to force Adam Silver to reclassify us as an Eastern Conference team. And move who to the west? Possibly like Milwaukee, maybe. I'm pulling up a map because that is oh, why would not, why not move I'm, New Orleans or Minnesota? I'm not saying geographically it's even logical. I'm just saying I'm only repeating what he said he was going to do because we are. I'm Dallas telling you is, that is never going to happen. Dallas is further west than Houston, New Orleans, Memphis, Minnesota. Where is Oklahoma? City? The issue is Oklahoma. not whether it's going to happen. I'm only saying what he wants to happen. It's very different things. But I think those are teams. Yeah, it's the only the Warriors. Um, uh, from Sus Sarah, my LB at Sarah 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 Crushinator, the Crushinator. What's your opinion on court rushing? I'm really fine with it. I think it's funny sometimes what schools decide to storm the court and win. I think just because, like, we're Carolina and we, one way to bluntly, we always expect to win. We're Carolina. We've beat all. We've beat up on a lot of AC teams for ACC teams for a very long time. And even in a down year, I guess you know, when you win, I guess you got to rush the court. Yeah, I mean, it's very iffy at times. Like, uh, going back to what I was alluding to earlier with the Clemson game, like, if you're both ranked, I mean, I know Clemson has the, the tradition of rushing at least the field for football. Do they do it for Being wrestling? invited after every game. But, like, for all sports? But I like, believe so. What was it? It was, it was like a 19 20 game. Like, yeah. We were 19, they were 20, or vice versa. Yeah. Why are you rushing the court for that? I just think it's funny. It's like, come on now. I think... It's both flattering and annoying. Rush the court when you beat... Or the field when you beat your rival. Or if you're an unranked team beating, like, number one. The last time we stormed a court was against Duke in mm-hmm. 2013. 2013, because it was before we got here, when the they didn't want right? to come eight miles down the road because of a little snow. Yeah. And we beat Duke and stormed a court. So it's been five years since we stormed a court. 
that's, I haven't actually seen a stork, uh, a, a court storming. Yeah. In per, like, yeah. I also, we don't need to really. I also hate the schools that are like snooty about it. Like Duke and Kansas, the we don't storm to court because we're too good to storm to court. Like, get off your high horse. Nobody. I like, was, you just hate fun. That's what you do. I thought it was also annoying when VT score stormed the court. Oh, yeah. That was really. And they also they have like that weird, like, seven foot drop. So they're yes. all just like trinkling into the court instead of like yeah. properly storming the court. And it was in one corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that kind of stuff. It's like, come on, VT. Yeah. Like, I don't think about Virginia Tech other than when we have to play them. Like, they own no space in my head whatsoever. And the fact that they're like, oh, my God, we beat UNC. It's like, ah, come on, y'all. I also don't mind when coaches take their players off the court before um, students storm the court. Like That's walk. fair. That's a safety thing. Yeah. I wouldn't want my players out there either. Yeah. So. Didn't that happen? Was it West Virginia or something where somebody confronted a fan that stormed the court? Yeah. That's just trying to avoid those kind of confrontations. That's like... For sure. Uh, what else we got? Um, from Carla Brasher at Carla underscore B22. Who that? Uh, hey, Carla. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> that's the first time I think you've said other or SO. Something other than SO and partner. Yeah. <laughs> my partner. Um, what would you do if your parents didn't like your partner? Or was <laughs> a relationship deal breaker for you? I found... <laughs> A Yahoo Answers question from a Barla Cradcher <laughs> saying, my parents don't like my partner. What do I do? Excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. Bradcher. <laughs> both adore me. And her grandma about, loves me too. I asked you, are you okay, Colby? Like, <laughs> was talking. was there some inspiration behind this question or is it purely spontaneous? No, I, I asked her, like... What was it a couple of days ago when y'all put that in the group me? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just thought it was a good question. <laughs> she said she likes hearing boys talk about relationships. Oh, that's a first. <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> wow. That's a little weird. Yeah, that's almost unheard of. <laughs> so what would you do if your parents didn't like your partner? Uh, that's tough. It depends on your age. One, first of all, if it's like you're in high school and like, like you're a freshman or a sophomore, and your parents don't like your the person you're dating, I feel yeah. like that's more of a that's more of an issue. But as you get because older, because then you just won't get driven places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as you as you get older, it's like, well, this is my decision. <laughs> like this is my life. <laughs> like yeah. I am making this for better or worse. This is my decision. I also feel like the reasons why they don't like them. Yeah, it could vary. Are some important. Them, sometimes it could be like pure and like for like trying to them trying to do what's best for you, like like objectively. But sometimes it's like personal prejudice or just being ain't 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 things <laughs> ain't ain't something. <laughs> it would definitely be a little difficult getting over that hump. But yeah, I think it is taking into account like what kind of reasoning and motivations are behind it, and then assessing like what are we going to do about it. Like, straight up, if Lauren's mom hated me, I would be heartbroken because that woman is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And so I would I would be like, is something wrong with me? <laughs> Does she listen to the pod? Uh, Hi, Lauren's mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Lauren's getting her what her third shout out now. Yeah, because she. she do you want to mention that she <laughs> she came after us on Twitter and in person and <laughs> one of the least confrontational people I've ever met in my life was confrontational in that moment because of a podcast. Lauren. <laughs> um, Annabelle, we're never going to answer any of your questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did we block her? I don't run the Twitter. I don't run the Twitter. I don't know her. <laughs> she don't know the way. She texted me and said, unblock me. <laughs> 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 and I said, I don't run the Twitter. And then she said, I'm not blocked. <laughs> oh, God. Um, trivia last week. I don't remember. It's so long ago. See, this is why like it's okay that ago. this is a long episode. We had like like a week and a half of stuff rather than our normal And we had week. significant sporting events. Yes. Yeah. It was a fun one. Yeah. A little messy at times, but fun. When is it not messy? Messier than usual. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened this week? Oh, I had a flat tire today. Oh, oh yikes. Was, that sucks. I think I like ran over a nail or something. Uh, yeah. Oh. It was never good. So um, apparently, well, I was talking to the dude that was apparently, apparently, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) While I was talking to the dude that was putting air in my car, when it rains, it like washes away like the debris from construction, which is everywhere on UNC. Uh, Yeah, and a lot of times, like people driving will like run over a nail. Like they get a lot of calls during the rain. But um, yeah. The people that fixed up my tire were real nice. So that's good. It's bedtime. It is bedtime. Yes. Anything else happen? I signed up for the GRE. Oof. That was... Oh, I signed up for the Praxis not that long ago. I'm like, oh, God. I had an Orco exam today. I survived. I had a paper due yesterday. I survived. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. Anything else going once? Twice. So if you want to find us, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermatevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, anything you liked or didn't like. Be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermatepod. Thank you, Jake, Jacob, for the theme music. Are we talking in quarter notes and right now? We'll see you next week. I don't understand your accent. I hope all you people, all you yeah, people, we'll I hope you all see you uh, next week. I hope you have a lovely night, lovely day, whenever you listen to this. Uh, bye.